Next normal. We study at home. Neues Normal. Wir studieren zu Hause. When you think of the past months, but also of course of the current situations, what are the first three words that come into your mind? Zoom, zoom and zoom. Lack of clarity. Dear listeners, welcome not only to this new episode of Next Normal, we study at home, but of course also to this new year, since this is the first episode of 2021. A year with a lot of question marks. One year ago, we had no idea what was going to happen, and then some months later, we had probably no idea about how long the situation would take. So studying from home, this is not even the new normal anymore. So students are used to this way of studying, but that doesn't mean that it's not tiring for them and taking a very long time. So the skills we're needing right now are also about resilience and patience. So in this year of hope and a little optimism, we're starting with a new episode about what it's like to be studying in these times and what we can learn for the future. My name is Laura Eichbrecht and together with my colleague Patricia Bonodo, I'm doing this podcast and we're part of a research group, the Next Education Research Group at the Cooperative State University Baden-Württemberg in Karlsruhe in the southwest of Germany. And it's been actually last year that we were able to talk to two students from Austria, Asia and Eileen, and we really did enjoy this conversation because Eileen and Asia, they gave us a lot of very original and also very personal insights that really make us think more about considering individual situations in this shutdown more. But let's listen to them. Welcome, Asia. Welcome, Eileen from Austria. My name is Eileen. I studied to become a primary school teacher. I am in my fourth semester right now. I live in beautiful Vienna in the 15th district with my father. My name is Asia. I'm studying theater, film and media at the university in Vienna. In general, I'm interested in film, media, of course, but also in singing, dancing and political activism. So we already heard three words from Asia and three words from Eileen about studying right now and in the past months. But they actually told us more on that subject. Let's hear. The first thing that comes to my mind is Zoom. Zoom, Zoom and Zoom. My first word would be lack of clarity because we didn't really know what's happening, when it's happening and how we are going to react to the whole situation we're in. And I think that was really hard for a lot of students. Yes, I agree with Asya. My university wasn't even sure if it was going to be in presence. I think I got to know that it's going to be distance learning, I think three days before the actual semester started and it was chaotic. Chaotic would be my second word. I think also because of that, what you just said, uh, my second word would be stress because it is a really stressful time for everybody. <laughs> I think it already explains itself why <laughs> this time is stressful. I think my third word would be tiring. For me, it is more tiring to sit in front of the computer for five or six hours than being in presence and doing the things with my colleagues and my professors at the university. So it's Zoom, chaotic and tiring. 
I think I agree to that. I think that's my third word too. <laughs> you already started to describe a little bit how the past months have been for you and what happened actually. But maybe you can tell a little bit more, like how did the last and the recent semester, what happened actually for you? And how is the semester running right now actually? I remember I was in university for about two weeks or something. I was there, I was sitting there and all of a sudden... I was sitting in front of my computer. It was kind of a weird situation because I wasn't used to it. And it was pretty chaotic at the beginning. Right now, I'm in my fourth semester, which is basically my second semester in distance learning. It is working out much better. It was okay at the beginning of October, November, but now I really feel that I'm tired. It's okay for me, but I'm pretty happy when all this is going to end. The shutdown also started when I was in the middle of the first semester. And at first I was scared because I didn't know what was going to happen, not only with uni, but also like in general, I didn't know what my life was going to be like. And I just stayed at home for three to four months and I didn't see anybody and I didn't go outside for two months. And at first I was really happy that uni was online because I had the feeling that it was better for me to watch screencasts and then be able to always repeat every sentence and every little bit that I needed to be repeated. Normally when you sit in your lecture, your professor is talking and you can't stop the person who's talking and then you can't really process what they're saying. And I really needed that in the first semester because there was this big exam which decided if I was going to study theater, film and media. It only helped in the beginning. Now I'm in the second semester and now I'm not able to discuss things with other people. I'm all the time at Zoom. I can't concentrate anymore. I don't have the energy for it anymore. I realized that it really depends on who you ask how this time is going because I'm happy to have my own room and to have silence, but I think a lot about the people who don't have a room for themselves and who can't even concentrate or they have to help their family. And I'm happy that I'm not in that position, but I think that we also have to think about these people because they have it way harder than me, for example. Yes, absolutely. That's very important. Yes, I partly agree. As Asya said, in the beginning, I was quite happy that I didn't have to go to university anymore. But now I feel the need to be in touch with people. I'm also very happy that there are a lot of professors who really get the situation. So like they don't push that we have to talk for two hours and can't stop. Some of them also just talk for one hour and then let us go because they know that we can concentrate for more than an hour when it's on screen. And I think that's really helpful that they are understanding. Some professors, though, they do Zoom meetings for two and a half hours on a Friday. And I'm always, honestly, so, how do I say it in a nice way? <laughs> I am quite angry and I'm nervous and I always get a headache. Like Friday, oh my God, please, can you keep the Zoom meetings short? <laughs> I beg you. 
I can totally understand and I also relate because we're facing the opposite side of the problem. We want to keep it short, but we also want to have you interact with each other and we want to impart the knowledge, of course. <laughs> okay, but let's go deeper into this topic of digitization. I've never heard about Zoom before in my life, before this whole situation happened. It is a pretty cool tool. It was very helpful for me to get to know different tools and also my writing got much better great because it covers our next question actually because we wanted to ask if there were new skills that you have acquired due to this situation so like for me it wasn't that hard to switch because i already had to know all that stuff because of work the first thing i did in the pandemic was work on and that's why i already knew all the platforms that are possible Yeah, for me, it was a complete new thing. I've never heard of Zoom before. My father, he's a teacher too, and he has to teach over Zoom as well. And it was me who had to install this whole Zoom meeting and sending the link to his students and everything. And at first I was a bit overwhelmed because he was hoping that I could help him because, you know, I am young and I, I was raised with technology and I had no idea. <laughs> In the end, it was quite easy. At first, it was a bit frustrating because I can't handle technology very well sometimes. But after trial and error, it, it worked. So I was quite happy and I'm very proud of myself that I managed to do that. So I think Asya already said a little bit, it kind of works to study this way. And it doesn't for some people who don't have access. Eileen, would you say that it works? And also, I'm interested because you have a, like a teacher perspective as well from your father, but also from what you're studying. What do you think about that? So from my own perspective as a student, it does work because I have a computer, I have my own room, I have good internet, I have everything that I need. So it does work. From a teacher's perspective, because I am teaching privately, I have different students from different backgrounds and most of them have a background of migration and not all of them have computers or have access to technology. In the first lockdown, it was a bit complicated because they got sheets, like printed sheets from their teachers and it was like a little booklet. It was so much to do and my students, they were exhausted. And I had to push them because there was no other way. In the second lockdown, a lot of my students got computers from their school. So that worked much better. So obviously schools in Vienna got computers from the government, I guess. And so they gave them to the students and they were able to take part in meetings online with those borrowed computers. This situation is just taking so long. Even if this is the way to study right now, it's pretty tiring for students. We're happy that Asya and Eileen could also tell us about some positive sides of this situation. Okay, did you face any positive surprises? Yes, in some way. In Zoom, you have those breakout sessions. And then we had to discuss certain topics in our small group. And actually friendships developed from that. It was surprising and I was very happy about that. That's really interesting because that's another perspective that we don't often get because mostly we hear like, oh, it's so hard to get to know people online. So it's cool to hear that it can work. I was surprised myself, but yeah. Sadly, it didn't work like that for me. So when I'm in breakout sessions, 
it sometimes happens that we are like eight people and two are talking or none of them are talking. Also, I thought that I will understand at some point how to end Zoom meetings so that it's not awkward. Uh, that's still a skill I want to acquire. So I didn't really get how that works. Another thing that I developed in a positive way is my way of organizing things. I really started to multitask and to juggle different emails and links and topics. Yeah, my organization skills, they developed in a positive way too. I think there must be a lot of things that changed in, in very different domains. Like we can think of how did the relation change between students or also between students and teachers? I think it really depends on the students. And it's the same with the teachers. My relation to other students and with my teachers is a good one. And it became quite close. We're all in the same situation and they can relate to how we feel. I also do feel like that the connection between students and teachers got better. Also because in university is always that thing that like the professor stands in front of all the students who are sitting. Uh, sometimes the professor is on a stage. So there are always fixed roles. And now on Zoom, it's like you can really feel that we're all in the same boat. <laughs> a lot of my professors said that if we are struggling with a deadline because of the whole pandemic, then we just have to email them. And if you can't make the deadline, you can ask them to postpone. And I think that's a really nice way to help out students. Seeing my teachers and professors at home in their living room or wherever they are, it's just, it makes them more human somehow. It makes them more accessible. Sometimes a dog or a cat can be seen in the screen and it's just so funny. You can really get to know them on a more personal level. There must probably be some financial issues for a lot of students and also like for the job perspective after studying, etc. Do you have any remarks on that? Yes, I do. For me, interestingly, I have more to do than before the shutdown because as I'm teaching privately and schools are closed, all my students need me because they get tasks, they get sheets from school and Most of the time, their parents don't speak German very well, so they're not able to help their children. And this is where I come in. So for me, the shutdown was a very busy time. I had to work every day, Saturday, Sunday. But I see a lot of other people, a lot of other students who are not as lucky as I am, and they either lost their jobs or they can only work once a week. We heard a lot of reflections on how this situation also has positive sides and how we also need to consider people who have a less fortunate situation right now. And before we go into the future, before we take a look into the future of higher education, what we can learn and take from this situation now, we asked Asia because she told us she's really interested in art and activism. We asked her what she thinks about these subjects in times of the corona shutdown before looking into the future with both Asia and Eileen. I think it's really impressive that political activism is still going on. And in my point of view, I always thought that social media is one of the best things to spread 
knowledge about issues in our society and to talk about things. And of course, it's really hard to still be politically active. I don't know if it it's just happening in my bubble or if it's happening anywhere, but I do see a lot more of political postings on Instagram. And I think that's a really cool thing. Art in times of shutdown, on, on the other hand, is not going so well. For me personally, it's really hard to be creative in times of the shutdown because I'm really interested in photography and normally I would just meet up with people I know or with people I don't know and just create art with them and all that is not possible anymore. It does really affect me being creative. Even if I don't do a lot all day, it always feels like I don't have enough time for being creative. Sometimes I really feel like I don't have time for doing the things I like because there's so much to think about and so much to worry about. So when we now look a bit into the future, how can we create an even better future of higher education? What should we take as a learning for designing the future of higher education? I would recommend for lectures that are like those big lectures with 400 students to be recorded and to be put online on some kind of platform because this is something that would be very helpful in the future teachers and professors should keep this kind of understanding even when we go back to presence that you know we have children families jobs or any other you know things to do i think for the future also It would be great when our government would invest in digitalization. The amount of tasks teachers and professors are giving students should be rethought because sometimes it is too overwhelming and the amount of things I have to complete to get one or two ECTS credits, sometimes it's ridiculous. And I would really encourage professors for the future to rethink their concept and to maybe reduce the amount of tasks to the essential. I think that it's good that we're working more with the platforms we have, for example, Moodle. I think that there are a lot of good ways to do things differently. But before we can think about what we can do with all these platforms we have, we have to first think about all the people who don't have access to laptops, who don't have access to smartphones and who don't have the same possibility as other people. Thank you so much. That's actually very concrete. So we already talked a little bit about skills that you acquired or that were needed in the last months. So for successfully studying in the future, do you think there are some new skills that we need and how do you think we can promote them? Technology is something that will be always there. We're living in a very digitalized time. And I think in order to be able to take part in this digital life, university or schools should offer more courses on that topic. I remember when I went to school, I had IT lessons for only a year or something. And it was more about coding, about creating websites. And it was something that wasn't helpful for me at all. And I think it would be great to offer courses 
maybe already in primary school because children are very well able to learn that on a basic level, how to use Microsoft Word or PowerPoint or what that even is and to get to know different tools. So I would very much encourage our school curriculum to be changed in this way so that future generations are better prepared for you know, this kind of life or this kind of part of life. So when you think on the future, what are your primary issues or concerns from your personal point of view? It will be a big challenge to go back to university indeed, to wake up early, especially. It really is something that I am going to struggle with. But apart from that, I don't think that I personally will face any challenges. I can't wait to, you know, go back to normal to the way I used to live and to study. I think I will notice differences and notice challenges when it is time, when I'm back at university. Yeah, I, I can't wait, you know, to close my computer for some time. Because I remember I always had so much fun with my colleagues. Like we had inside jokes and we were laughing and we were, you know, doing things that were just fun. And this is something that I really miss. And this is something online meeting will never be able to, you know, give me the feeling. The primary issue has to be all the people who are pushed out of the higher education system because they don't have the same privileges as other people. My concern is that universities will be like, oh, the online thing worked so well and uh, let's do this in the future and just don't think about the people who don't have the same access to all these things. It will have to be a challenge that you talk to all the people who suffered a lot from this pandemic, who can give their point of view so we can make a better future for higher education. I want to ask you if you think there's something that we maybe didn't ask about, but what you think is important and want to tell us about yeah, studying right now and in the future. Maybe you could ask what your everyday life is with studying. Like, what is normal life looking right now? So I can ask that to you now. What does your everyday life look right now? <laughs> It depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm really motivated to get up in the morning and do creative stuff and take time for myself and do my deadlines on time or just chill. But most of the time I'm really overwhelmed with the whole situation because there's not a lot of things you can do. And sometimes I'm not even motivated to go out for days. And I know that that is not really healthy, but I think that being productive all the time isn't what we should be all the time. And in times of a pandemic, I think that being productive is even harder because you have to fight with other problems in your daily life. I get up. It's like my first meetings sometimes are at eight. I'm so tired and I'm not even able to eat or drink anything. I open the Zoom meeting. It takes about an hour, one and a half hours And sometimes I go back to sleep for an hour because I'm so tired. And then my next meeting takes place. After that, I go teaching. I go to my students and teach for two to four hours. And then I'm back home at about six. 
sometimes I still have another meeting until nine. And then at nighttime, I do my tasks for university to meet the deadlines. So very jam-packed. There is still a lot of work to do and to put a huge effort on this topic, I think, yeah. So you remember when we started the interview, we asked for three words to describe the past months and the recent situation. And now we ask you to do this for the ideal future of higher education. What are the first three words that come into your mind? Personal connection, understanding, reducing things to the essential. I think the ideal future for higher education is inclusive, understandable towards students, but also towards teachers and fair. Next Normal, we study at home is a podcast produced by the Next Education Working Group around Ulf Daniel Ehlers, Patricia Bonodou and Laura Albrecht from the Baden-Württemberg Cooperative State University Karlsruhe in Germany, strongly supported by the ESU, the European Students' Union. Next Normal, we study at home. Neues Normal, wir studieren zu Hause. 